Hi, my name is Leslie Koff, and this is the podcast, Breathing Out Stars. People talk about healing, people talk about prayer, people talk about a connection between healing and prayer. Might might there even be a connection? There certainly are a lot of studies out there, uh, stories exploring such a connection. There was a time, oh, maybe 15 years ago, longer, uh, that I hosted a radio show called The Medicine Mix. Physicians and other healthcare professionals would be my guests. We would chat about medical stuff, medical topics. For one show, I invited a minister, a rabbi, and a surgeon. I began the hour by asking each one if they believed in God. The minister told a story about how his son had been seriously ill. Others told other stories. Throughout that show, we discussed what they all had seen and what they all had felt. That show in particular was compelling. When the show ended and we were no longer on the air, we walked out of the studio still talking, the four of us. Now we walked into the elevator together, still having the conversation about prayer and healing. Of course, not everyone believes in God. Many people don't even believe in a higher power or in the divine. Some beliefs are not profound, rather mundane. Some people believe in Tinkerbell or the Chicago Cubs. Up here in the North, we believe in wool socks. Many folks say that religion is the opiate of the masses and even more attest to the fact that our beliefs stem from our fears. I, for one, am afraid of cold feet or cold baths. But recently, I believe that the human heart and soul are powerful, powerful parts of who we are, and that there's so much we don't understand about our obviously objective thoughts and feelings and how they can influence our subjective physical state. You know, I'm particularly fond of that line from Shakespeare's Hamlet. Uh, There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. That pretty much covers it. For me, after 40 years of working as an acupuncturist, I find that, interestingly, I believe in God now more than ever before in my life, and I'm saying it out loud. This is not an easy admission. My clinical training was based strictly on observable scientific principles And God was never considered to be any part of any course of any treatment. But while treating my patients, I've had experiences that confirm my personal suspicions that our lives can be changed not only by the actual physical things we do, but also by more subtle, non-rational, mysterious, spiritual acts, so to speak. Years and years ago, when I was in graduate school, I believed not un- not unreasonably, that my job was to heal people. I understood also that to heal someone was to make them better, feel better, be more healthy, 
and even beyond what I understood at that time, because I was very anxious to make people better, I understood that healing does not always look like you think it's going to look. After that one med medicine mix show, the one about prayer and healing, I reconsidered what healing really meant. Let me explain. People do go to doctors or other professional health care practitioners because they desire healing. But really, is healing only fixing what is physically or medically wrong at the most basic level? Of course, fixing is part of the picture. I do have done, as others do and have done, plenty of fixing of people's physical problems. And let me say right here that I am appreciative of the people who over the years did come to me trusting that I would help them. Sometimes fixing what is physically or medically wrong is not the appropriate therapy for a given patient. Sometimes what I mean is fixing in the way that we usually think of it is not possible. It is completely beyond the scope of my practice and has been and in my place in life to tell anyone that they can or cannot get better. My job was to do what I could within the scope of my practice, and that also meant to do it with love, with hope, using all of my, I hope, skills and experience, and again, I hope I used my wisdom. Almost 40 years ago, very shortly after I had opened my practice, someone came to me, a man who was struggling for treatment for his brain cancer. We all have known people who are, who have, or who have been, or have been ourselves quite ill, have fought and have lost their strength. But back then, when I was starting out, I was naive. I didn't understand what I was supposed to do when I couldn't fix someone. This man was lying on my treatment table, and I could feel just by holding his hand that his strength was leaving his body, and I could just feel that. I didn't know what to do, and yet he had come to me for comfort to feel better, so I thought about what I could do for him. I could, one, ameliorate the side effects of chemo and radiation, and I could, two, help him feel more comfortable, and three, I could ease his pain for a while. Of course, none of that would give him more than superficial help. I couldn't cure his cancer, no matter how skilled my treatment was. So there I was, thinking to myself, now what do I do? Finally it came to me, and I began to pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And I realized at that moment that this is what I was supposed to do with all my patients. I was supposed to pray. It was ultimately not just about what my training could offer my patients and my skill, but also what I could bring to them spiritually, whether they knew it or not, and, and frankly, whether I knew it or not. And all these years later, I don't believe I've ever told a patient that I have done so, but I guess they're all hearing it now. That is what I have done. Come to think of it, the surgeon who had been my radio guest during that one show on prayer and healing mentioned just that on the show. He said that before he made his first cut with every single patient, he closed his eyes and he prayed for his patient. 20 years, 30, 40 years after that first cancer patient, I got a phone call from a woman who asked me to help her 28-year-old son 
who was in hospice. This man was experiencing a lot of anxiety about dying, and I, I could help with that. Here was a perfect example of how I couldn't fix somebody. In this case, healing actually did mean prayer and acceptance and helping someone to make peace with his own death. I was very fortunate on that day. I was fortunate to be asked to help to be there in that tender moment. For him in this case, this is exactly the type of help that was needed. Sometimes healing means accepting and being at peace with the natural process of a final rest. And in the case of my father, healing meant bribing him with a vanilla milkshake to get him to sign the hospice papers. If that is what we are looking for in our lives, to be heard, to be seen, to matter, and to be healed in the best way that we can be, even if it means just feeling at peace with our circumstances, then what we can offer our patients and what we can offer one another is prayer and healing, a mix of medicine and hope and soup and holding of hands and whatever else. Whatever else it is that nourishes you to make you stronger, whether the strength you need is physical or emotional or spiritual. If you were one of the many thousands who came to my office, to my care, to get help with your shoulder pain, then there is a pretty good chance that I could help you. If I or anyone could not fix what ailed, perhaps could still help in different ways, not so much physical as emotional and spiritual, but thank you for coming because there were times when that's the only healing that I or any other person could perform, and sometimes that was enough. I'm Leslie Koff. Thank you for joining us. This is Breathing Out Stars.